Well, I want to welcome you here today, those that ventured out in the snow. How many of you love to drive in snow? And that's one of the, well, it's not the main reasons, but it's one of the reasons why you came to church. So it's one of the reasons why I came today is I'm get out in the snow, get out and kind of spin around. I grew up in Iowa, so several months of the year, uh, we drive in snow. So I absolutely love driving in snow, but even more importantly, get to be with you all. So I want to welcome you today. I want to welcome those of you that are with us online today. And we're going to make some declarations. And I want to remind you of something that I shared last week. It's this, are you, are you listening to yourself or are you talking to yourself? And I, I hope you're kind of getting in the habit of talking to yourself because sometimes when we start listening to ourselves, we've been hearing so many negative things, we keep speaking those negative things and then we're wondering why we're fearful, worried, and anxious. And God doesn't want us to live in that place. So let's make these declarations together. Y'all ready? Let's say them together. God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Do y'all believe that today? Amen. Go ahead and grab your seat there if you would. Today I'm going to continue in our series called The Story. And we're, we're talking about the story of Jesus actually being the light of the world. I don't know how much you've actually pondered that thought or thought about the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. And last week we looked at the book of John and his version of the Christmas story. Because while Matthew and Luke give us the details of the Christmas story, it's actually John that gives us the significance of the Christmas story. In fact, here's what he says in John chapter 1, verse 4. Follow along with me, whether in your Bibles or here on the screen. It says, in him was what? Life. Look at that. In Jesus was, one more time, in him was what? Life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Now watch this. This is what happens because Jesus has come. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And that's why Jesus said this in John chapter 12. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me, is it just a few of them? Is it all of those that act perfectly and do everything right all the time? No, it's for those who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. That's why here at Amarillo Fellowship, it's not our desire for you just to come and warm a seat each Sunday. We believe that God has a spiritual journey that we want every one of us to get on. Because listen, your life isn't ever going to make sense. It's not going to be complete. There's going to be this, this hole in your life that doesn't make sense until you understand and you're doing what God actually created you to do. Because here's why. God's purpose removes darkness. God's purpose in your life and my life removes darkness. That's why we talk about the growth track and encourage you to go through the growth track. By the way, you could do that online or you can do it in person. Not because we think it's the destination that once you do the growth track, okay, I got it. No, it's actually the path that is pointing you in the right direction. It's kind of a launch pad, if you will, to get you going in the right direction direction so that the journey that God has for you, the journey that God has for me, he will allow, we will allow his light to shine in dark places and allow healing and wholeness to come into every area and part of our life. Do you believe today that God wants you to be whole? 
Do you believe that God wants you to be healed in every area of your life? Past issues, physical issues, emotional issues. That's what he wants to do so that each of us would be a part of allowing God's light to shine through us to rescue other people that are still in darkness. That we would be a part of understanding that it's not just understanding about the light, but it's actually letting the light of the world of Jesus Christ, letting his light shine through every one of us. Because I do believe that people today are dealing with darkness like they have never dealt with darkness before. And I'm not saying this is the darkest time in all mankind, but for those of us that have been alive during this time, I believe that people are experiencing darkness like they've never experienced it before. And when darkness is going on in your life and suddenly you experience Jesus, the light of the world, you experience his love and it begins to produce hope in your life doesn't mean the darkness instantly goes away, but there's, there's hope in your life because it really is amazing what just a little bit of light can do to drive away the darkness, to get us on the path of life that God has for every one of us. Even with this simple illustration of a flashlight, Notice how just a little bit of light that I could shine down here, everyone in the front, if Mark were to get up and leave because he was tired of hearing me preach, I could actually help him get out by shining the light. It chases the way the darkness and it lights up the path. And listen, I know that this is a simple illustration of what happens with natural light, but what we often fail to understand is this works with spiritual light too. That I believe in this darkest time that we're dealing with, we have the opportunity of allowing the light of God, allowing the light of Jesus that's in us to flow out of us. And God wants us to shine the light on the path and of the abundant life that he has for each and every one of us. Why? So you and I don't have to walk in darkness anymore. So that others don't have to walk in darkness. That's why the psalmist said that, y'all like that little illustration? I thought that was pretty fun. That's why the psalmist says this in Psalms 119. If you've never read Psalms 119, it's one of the, the best reads about understanding the power of the word of God. And here's what it says in there, that your word, the word of God is a lamp. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. It actually helps light my path, but it also helps me understand where I'm standing. Because you see, we have to understand the path, but we also have to understand where we're standing. That's why you have to understand what Jesus, that Jesus is the word. In fact, in John 1, 1, just a few verses back from the verse we looked at, it says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And his word will light our path and remove darkness from our life. So the first thing we have to do is we have to understand what the right path is. What's the path of the abundant life that God has for every one of us? God's word helps us understand the path of life, but... Not only that, we have to not only know the path of life, I have to know where I'm actually standing. I have to actually know where I'm standing because I can think I'm actually standing on the path when I'm not standing on the path. Now, you may think, well, Pastor Richie, that's crazy. Really? Well, God's word says that the path of life for you and I is that we are to forgive everyone. How many of you knew that to be true? Show of hands this morning. About a third of us. Okay. God's word actually says, let me just start right there. God's word says that we are to forgive others that we might be forgiven. And what happens is when you forgive others, you begin to get a revelation of what you've actually been forgiven for. So, but how many have ever discovered some unforgiveness in your heart? 
All of us have. Okay, we, some people are, are choosing, I'm not going to forgive that person. They hurt me too much, I'm just simply not going to forgive them. Other people say, oh, I've forgiven them, I just can't stand them. Or, or I think they're a moron, right? They, they think differently than me, they act differently than me. So I, just so you know, you're probably not walking in total forgiveness yet. You probably have a little bit of work to do. Because when the light of God's love and the light of God's forgiveness begins to shine in your life, that light exposes the darkness that is in our lives from time to time. It's amazing how it begins to drive out. The light exposes depression. It, it, it exposes sadness and, and sorrow and anger and fear. It thoughts even of revenge, of taking, taking back something that was taken from us. The darkness that sometimes we actually walk in it so long, we actually get used to living in it. We don't recognize it anymore. And while you may never forget totally what's happened to you, you see, it's through the light of God's word that begins to remove the darkness. That's why we have to put Jesus, the light of the world and the word of life in the center of our lives, not just work him into our lives. Let me say that again. That's why we have to put Jesus, the light of the world, the light of life, in the center of our lives and not just work him into your life. Because so that you allow his word and you allow his light to expose some of the darkness that we can all fall into that you may not even recognize that is going on in your life. And it happens to every one of us. In fact, just I'm going to camp there for just a second and, and tell you something. Sometimes as Christians, when the light is, is so far gone and our lives feel devastated and, and it's just horrific in our life, then we go, oh, so I have not let the light of God shine in some areas of our life. But for many Christians, it's just a dark area, one dark area, just a little bit of darkness, and we allow it to happen in our lives. We don't even recognize it so that we don't allow the word to begin to shine into our life. Because remember that all that darkness is is the absence of light. So when there's dark areas, it's just the absence of light. And you can recognize the absence of light by things that in your life that are they're not godly. And again, it's probably easier to recognize it in somebody else than it is in our own life. It, it's easy to recognize it when we recognize things that are not good. Again, remember, all that darkness is is the absence of light. And then when we begin to understand that no matter where we're at on our journey, we can begin to let the light of God's word shine even in, in areas where they're just shadows beginning to come into our life. I don't know about your house, but growing up around my house, Santa Claus was not the center of Christmas. Now, I know for some of you, it still is awesome. But for us, Jesus was. And every year, we would put a nativity scene outside. Now, now most of you have seen these, you know, nativity scenes. Uh, but when we were growing up, it was the two-foot-tall plastic nativity scenes. Y'all remember those that you'd actually stick a light bulb in the back, you know, and there would be Mary glowing or J Jesus glowing and, and Joseph glowing, the shepherds and all that different stuff. And we had it for years and the sun would begin to fade it. And pretty soon it was hard to tell who was who, you know, in it, but it was awesome. And, and there, all the characters were there. And of course there was baby Jesus, you know, I can't ever, every time I say, I just got to say baby Jesus there. Of course, baby Jesus was there. There was Mary and Joseph, the, the shepherds who were the first ones that God actually announced the birth of his son to. And then you have the wise men or the magi, the we three kings of Orient are. Try. Okay. Y'all know that one. Um, there, they were really, and we really don't know if there were three, but what we do know is that there were three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, and I really kind of hate to ruin it for you, but if you actually study it out, the magi wouldn't have been at the manger. 
In fact, they would have probably shown up sometime when Jesus was about two, but it really does make the nativity scene awesome when you got these royal people standing there. And then you had the animals because there was no room for Jesus in the inn, and he was, so he was born in a barn. And nativity scenes have been around for quite a while. In fact, the earliest record that we have of this is from Francis of Assisi. That's actually how you say his name, and I was trying to figure out if he's a sissy or his dad's a sissy, but it's Francis of Assisi, about in 1223. And he's the one with credited with all of these nativity scenes, and now you see him on Christmas cards, you see him on mantles, you see him, you know, um, all over the place. And even, there are even living nativity scenes. How many of you have ever seen a living nativity scene, or you've been a part of one? right? Or people actually dress up and they kind of act out the birth of Jesus. And it really is pretty cool because what I like about it is it reminds us what Christmas is all about. It's about the birth of a savior. Moms and dads, can I give you an out to help you understand? It's not about the gifts. It's not about the crazy things that go on during shopping. It's not about having the gift for your kid. It really is about the birth of our savior. And if you're my age, you remember when these used to be out in front of businesses. They would actually be out in front of City Hall. But over the last several years, there has been kind of this cultural war where people are trying to take Christianity out of this. And and so you don't see it anymore. And honestly, it's kind of sad. And it's not what I'm talking about today, but it's probably worth talking about at some point at least. But listen, I'm not as concerned if this is being set out in the public areas. I'm much more concerned about how this is being set up in you and I's hearts today. Because in many ways, the picture of the nativity scene is a picture of life. It's a, it's a picture of your life and it's a picture of my life. Because all of our lives, in, in all of our lives, there is something that is at the center There is something that every one of our lives are focused on. Or there is something that's, again, at that center point that everything else revolves around, like like in our solar system around the sun. So there's something in your life that everything revolves around, and it's that thing that you actually draw strength and energy from. It's the thing that gets you up in the morning. It's the thing that gets you excited about life. And in the case of the nativity scene, it's Jesus. Jesus is at the center. And and that's why uh, the setup of the nativity scene is incredibly important because you just can't have all of the pieces and, and put them wherever you want to put them. You, you actually have to have, make sure that it's set up right so that they're all gathered around and focused on Jesus. Even the animals, they need to be focused on Jesus. So everything is focused on what needs to be focused on here. But even though we know this, that's the way our life is actually supposed to be set up too. The truth is for some, we have Jesus in our lives, but he's just not the center of our lives. And so because of that, our lives just aren't set up right. So if you've ever had the thought, listen, I'm a Christian. I go to church, but man, my life is just not working. I get all of this drama going on in our life. Could it be that your life is set up wrong? Could it be that you don't have the right thing at the center? Could it be that other things, even though Jesus is in the scene, he's just not where he should be? He's kind of delegated to an hour each week, maybe just a couple times a month. That's when I'm going to put Jesus in the center. And since he's not the center, something else is in the center of your life. Like, let's just say it's the shepherds. And I think what the shepherds can represent is our work. It's our eight to five for some more lives. And the reason why this can be the center of our lives so easy is because it's where we spend most of our time. But when 
work as the center of our lives, we give our first and best to work instead of to God and to family. I know I'm talking to some people today because this, again, is so easy. So when, not if, but when a problem comes up, we kind of lean into the thing where it's the center of our lives. The problem is our work is not supposed or designed to help us through difficult times in our lives. That's why things start falling apart. That's why the, the marriage starts unraveling. The relationship with the kids starts unraveling because you have Jesus in your life. He's just not at the center of your life. It's just simply set up wrong. Another area might be like the wise men, putting the wise men at the center of our lives. And these guys represent wealth. They represent our dreams of education, success, maybe fame and popularity. You know, there are very few people who say, I would love for wealth and success to be at the center of my life. But the truth is a lot of people live their lives as though it's the most important. It's the number one thing in their life. So when life throws them a curveball, things aren't working the, the way that they thought they should be working. They're wondering, okay, what's going on? I've got Jesus in my life. I, this shouldn't be happening. Pastor Richie, you said that I was blessed and highly favored. You actually are. The problem is, is you may know where the path is, but you may not be standing on the path and you need to take just a couple of steps over to get back on the path. The problem is your life is set up wrong. And when it's wrong, you'll discover that things and success will not make you happy. In fact, if you go to people that have achieved success, they've built a company, they've, they've got a degree or they've acquired some things and say, man, is that thing satisfying? They'll tell you, no, it's great. You know what? I like driving it. I like the, I like the fact that my business is doing well. But listen, it's just not going to make you happy. We have to be careful where we're placing our hope. That's why we've decided as a church that we're a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. Let me do another, Mary and Joseph. And let's say we put Mary and Joseph at the center and they represent family. They, they represent marriage and relationships and maybe our kids. And I know as I'm talking, some of you are thinking, okay, yeah, that's the right one, family first. And I know it almost sounds right. And, and I do believe that it should be a priority. But they weren't supposed to be at the center of your life either. Your kids, your marriage is not supposed to be at the center of your life. As important as those things are, Jesus is. And by the way, this is why some of you get hurt by others because you keep putting pressure on them to be in a position that God never intended them to be in your life. You're putting them where Jesus should be. As I was thinking about this this last week and I was thinking about how much I love my wife, I was asking myself the question, does Pam make me happy? No, she doesn't. I'm happy with Pam. I'm happy with you, babe. But she doesn't make me happy. Jesus makes me happy. I find joy in Jesus because if I'm looking to it from her, sometimes it gets disappointing. And this is why you get so disappointed in some of the relationship you have because it's set up wrong. You put people in the wrong place in your life. One final one, the animals. We, sometimes we put the animals at the center of our life. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor Richie, I wouldn't do that. Yes, you would. I've seen your Facebook posts. In fact, when you do a friend request, I, I recognize the name, but I thought, who is that little doggy in the window? We love our animals, but let's just say it that it represents everything that brings us pleasure in life. Things like our hobbies and sports and recreation, maybe even vacations, all, all good things. Listen, God has put a wonderful, a lot of wonderful things in our lives for you and I to enjoy. 
when he's talking about abundant life, he actually meant that he wants us to enjoy life. We just can't put those things in the center of our lives. We, we, we can't put those things in the center of our lives. Around, we can't build our life around those things. Listen, for, for me, one of the greatest revelations for me is when I got the Dallas Cowboys out of the center of my life. I still love the Dallas Cowboys, still a big fan, but how many of you know there's always next year has been our motto for a long time. And it feels so good that I can go through, a, what are we, three and something, three and 12 million, something like that, and I can still enjoy life. Because listen, here's, this is what happens. And again, I'm just touching on a few of the things, but there's other areas. And if you're saying, I have Jesus in my life, so why is my life such a mess? Why do I have drama in so many areas or even just a few areas? Chances are it's because Jesus is not actually at the center of your life. You see, one of the cool things that I get to do as a pastor, and I think I've got one of the greatest jobs in the world, and it's certainly for me not just about preaching, but I love revealing Jesus. I love talking about Jesus. I love for you to understand who Jesus is, that he's, he's more happy with you than you're happy with you, that he wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed, that he's better than you can even imagine or begin to think. I love revealing Jesus, the light of the world and the word of life. I love to reveal him so that his light shines into dark areas of your life that you begin to see some things and understand some. So as light begins to shine on the abundant path that he actually has for you, so you can see where you're standing on the path. Because again, you may know totally well what the right answer is. The question is, are you doing it? And let me, let me help you understand, I'm not throwing rocks at you today. I'm not throwing stones. Because there isn't a person here today, including myself at the beginning of the line, that occasionally does not step off the path. I typically don't know that I did it. I typically don't say, well, I'm just getting off the path. That's the way Jesus is going to be. Just something happens. I, I become fearful. I become worried. I, I take on things. I put things in the center of my life. I can put this church at the center of my life. I step off the path, and it's just about refocusing and reminding ourselves. See, God's got so many good things in our life, and sometimes, again, it's because we put family and, and I love to talk to you about where family belongs, where, where your kids belong, where your finances go, where, where your job goes, where recreation goes. But Jesus needs to be the center of your life. And again, it isn't that any of those things are bad. In fact, they're really great. I, I love taking vacations. I love having fun. I love having a good time. It's just that they can't be the center of your life. They can't be the center of my life. And here's the thing. I really don't have to preach this to you because life will. When, when, when your life is out of order, when things are not in the center, life will preach to you, something's wrong. That warning light, like on our dash, when you've got problems with the car, will begin to blink and begin to go off. You know what, unfortunately, some of you thought, well, I just can get rid of that. I'm going to put a piece of tape across that thing. And we need to recognize God's trying to warn us something's not right. You see, my job every week, and when Pastor Mark speaks, Pastor Pam, Pastor Stephanie, Pastor Little Richie speaks, guest speakers speak, whoever's speaking. Our job is to refocus you on Jesus. And as you learn about his light and his word, he's going to give you steps to reorder your life. He's going to teach you how to walk on the abundant path that he actually has for you. That's why he said this in John chapter 8, verse 13, that I am the light of the world. 
Whoever follows me, notice it's following, not whoever has given their life to Christ and is going to heaven. Because even as followers of Jesus Christ, we sometimes stop following Jesus Christ. Kind of do it our way instead of his way. Whoever follows me will never, never, notice that, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That phrase, will never, is actually a Greek word, ume, and it is a double negative. So what this is saying, that whoever follows after Jesus will never, ever walk in darkness. Pastor Richie, I got darkness in my life. I I promise you got something out of order. You're still going to heaven, so please don't think, I got to get my life. You just got things or So whenever we find ourselves walking in darkness, we just have to hit the pause button for just a moment. How did I let the fear, the anxiety, how did I let the depression and all that stuff? And I know sometimes people do have physiological things that they need to get taken care of. But sometimes it's simply, we're just got our lives out of order. We need to pause and put Jesus back in the center. We have to allow his word. We have to allow his light to bring us back into the light of life. As I close today, maybe you're wondering, well, Pastor Richie, how do I do that? How do I make sure that my life is right? First thing I would encourage is have a quiet time every day. If you miss it, it's okay. I promise you God's not going, well, you missed it. Come see me next year, okay? Do it every day, whether it's first thing in the morning, which is when I would encourage you to do it. But if you have to do it at lunch, whatever, have a quiet time. Get alone with God. Spend some time reading the Bible. You say, I read the Bible, but I just can't understand it. Well, then get a good devotional. In fact, you can write up to the church, email us, uh, whatever. We'll, We'll help you get a good devotional so that every day you can kind of begin to study the Word of God. The other thing I would say is let, let us pastor you. Let, let me pastor you. Let, let other followers of Jesus Christ into your life. Let them help you. Get involved. Get involved. You're going to find your purpose and destiny. are going to help you so much revealing light in your, bringing light into your own life and bringing light into other people's life. Listen, attend services as often as you can. I, I think personally, as we've gone through the season, the best thing we can do is always be in the house. But listen, the best thing for some people might be to stay online. Man, they're, they're high risk or they've got things going on and it might be, they just need to stay. But do the best you can to get involved, stay involved. Listen, go through the growth track. Listen, so again, you can discover your purpose. Listen, it's not about it being a destination. It's just pointing you in the right direction. It's gonna help you understand how to get involved in this local church, how you're wired. And then come January when small groups start again, get in a small group. Listen, you gotta, you say, Pastor Richie, that just freaks me out going into somebody's home or, or going to the church for wherever it is. Listen, find somebody else. Find them and say, listen, let's go. Let's go to a, go, uh, go to a, a small group because when we begin to get in li- the lives of one another, that's actually the healing process that begins to take place in our lives. We begin to grow and we begin to mature. And here's how we like to say it around here. If you'll just give us a year, I promise you that God will change your life forever. He really will. So my prayer for us during the season is that we don't just celebrate Christmas, but that we experience Christmas, that we experience the light of the world and we allow his light to come in and drive the darkness out of every area of our life, that we make a decision. I'm not tolerating any area, any level of darkness in my life because Jesus came that I might have life and have life more abundantly.